Hello, everybody. This is Joseph Hasek, and welcome to the Fired Up Network. Welcome to a special edition of NFL Blitz Super Bowl 58 preview. Of course, I had to have the Hall of Famer, John Freeman Nelson out of Atlanta, who will never win a Super Bowl, uh, with me, nope. San Fran and Kansas City in Vegas on Sunday. Now, they met four years ago, and uh, Kansas City won that game. They were down by 10 points, and they came back to win. Uh what do you expect this Sunday? I don't think they may, they'll be necessarily down by 10. Uh, I, I think that if you look at you look at keys here, and my first key is the head coaches. In this particular situation, you've got Andy Reid and you've got Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, I mean, Andy Reid, he's going to do whatever he wants. Andy Reid's not intimidated by these surroundings at all. Kyle Shanahan, to me, in playoff situations seems to constrict his playbook a lot. And I think that should worry San Francisco 49ers fans. And I think that it wasn't necessarily as on display against Detroit where Dan Campbell stayed true to form and it ended up costing him. And and you know that uh, Detroit will learn from that situation. But the game before in the playoff run where it seemed like Kyle Shanahan was afraid to stick to type. And that almost cost San Francisco two rounds ago in the uh, conference semifinals. So that's what I'm looking at first and foremost. Is Kyle Shanahan going to shake off the idea of, you know, all right, so we just got to be ourselves and feel comfortable in, in the situation? Or is he going to honestly tighten up in this situation and be very, very confined in his play calling? Is it going to try and be, and honestly, if I'm Kansas City defensively, I am shadowing Christian McCaffrey. I don't know how healthy Debo Samuel is. And I am forcing Brock Purdy to beat me with the pass. And so I'm, you know, shadowing McCaffrey. Purdy's not going to beat me with his legs or anything like that. I think that it's the comfort level of these two coaches first and foremost as we you know work the, the our way through this and then look at it. Comfort level of the coaches, I give that to Andy Reid hands down. All right, so let, let's look at uh, – we'll start off at the offenses, okay? San Fran gets the edge there because till recently, Rice is the guy who catches the balls and Kelsey, but till recently, it was just Kelsey. So do you agree you give offense the edge – to San Fran. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I've got to go even because uh, the, the the one thing that might lean it in San Francisco's favor is just how many drops Kansas City has had this season. That, to me, is something that I'm staring at. Drop the drops of the football. And I think that if you can – and you saw with Patrick Mahomes sticking with Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey goes for 11 for 116. They ain't a whole lot of drops there. But I think that, and you came up with Mark, Mark was Valdez-Scantling. He came up with a big catch late. The drops early. That is something that I think that if you're a fan of Kansas City, drops are always something that's worrisome to you. And it's that, that weight on the shoulder that you're staring at or that's the, the big monster in the anxiety closet. That, to me, would be the only reason I would give any advantage to San Francisco on offense as opposed to the number of weapons that are there you have uh, Nicole Hardman, who's healthy. You've got Rashi Rice. You've got Isaiah Pacheco, who has done some really hard work on the ground and is not afraid to 
to mix it up in pass patterns. You're too deep at tight end. Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey. You know, uh, uh, you know, we talked about Rashi Rice and MVS, and so I think that if you look at the number of weapons, the number of weapons available to Patrick Mahomes is more than the number of weapons available to Brock Purdy. But offensively, what those weapons can be for you, I think, might be more impactful with the one deep receiver in a Debo Samuel or having maybe a Brandon Ayuk or a Juwan Jennings help you out with uh, with George Kittle as your tight end. So I think that there are more wide receiver options for Brock Purdy. He's got to get them there. And obviously keeping Christian McCaffrey engaged in the short passing game with some outlets and making sure that uh, the defense is spread out, not as confined, and keeping everything contained between the tackles. So San Francisco can't use the pass to set up the run game and spring Christian McCaffrey in the offense. Okay, so basically he went with Kansas City for the coaching. Yeah. San Fran, a tie, a little bit with San Fran yeah. on the offense. Yeah. A little bit. Running back, definitely San Fran. All right. Yeah, yeah. The running back. Receivers, maybe a little bit lean to San Fran. Yeah. Now, now I got to go to the tight ends. Okay. The best two yeah. in the National Football League. Is it even or do you give it to the Swifty? Oh, well, I've got to go with Travis Kelsey just because of what Patrick Mahomes has been able to find in the postseason. George Kittle at times has not been found by Brock Purdy. And I think that that would be worrisome for me. You know, it, I think that if you're Brock Purdy, you might try and get Kittle engaged early in the passing game as a part of the targets to make sure, once again, we talk about the running game. The pass sets up the run to help out San Francisco to spread the field a little bit, spread things vertically by getting George Kittle involved in addition to an Ayuk or a Debo Samuel or a Jawan Jennings. I think that you, you have to look at it uh, horizontally and vertically if you're San Francisco getting McCaffrey engaged to get the offense, uh, the defense spread out for Kansas City and then spread them out that much more by getting Kittle engaged and available in the pass patterns early on. All right, let's go to special teams before we go to defense. Special teams, the you know, kicking, punting, and uh, running back kicks. Who do you give the edge to there? Kansas City, Harrison Butker, hands down. We've seen Jake Moody. Uh, there was a reason that Jake Moody was uh, placed a high draft pick on by the San Francisco 49ers. Not intimidated by his surroundings, but he's been a little shaky in the postseason, missing from uh, 40s which is normally for Jake, uh, money absolutely right on. I've got to go with Harrison Butker in these situations. He's at game-winning field goals late in the Roman numeral classics. I'll go special teams. I'll go with Kansas City here, especially if you need a field goal late. All right, so now that brings up the defense. Defense, you know, Kansas City has a stalwart there, and he always comes up to play. But, uh, you know, Bosa there, if he's healthy and all that, who do you lean on defense-wise? Oh, boy. Um, I, I think if you look at – I think if you look at front sevens, it's a wash because of the pressure that you can get on the quarterback for both of these. I think a guy like like uh, Drew Tranquil might have a, another big game for Kansas City coming from the, the second level. I think the secondary might be where you have your, your issues. I would go San Francisco with secondary slightly – over Kansas City. So front sevens even, secondary slightly in favor of San Francisco. All right, so that brings up arguably whoever's going to win this game is going to have a stellar quarterback play. 
You got Patrick Mahomes, who's going for the third one. I believe he's 27, 28. Mm -hmm. And you got Brock Purdy, much like Eric Cohen, Mr. Relevant. All right. And if he wins, what's don't get choked up there. All right. What's the bigger story? Three out of four are not Mr. Irrelevant winning the Super Bowl. Well, it'd have to be the latter. And I think that once again, it goes back to our initial plot line here with the coaches and the offense. We know what Patrick Mahomes can do in these situations. We know, and he doesn't have the ankle injury that he's had in years past going into the last game of the year. He's, he's about as healthy as it gets. And in these games, his ability to freelance, I think, uh, will help him. I think that Brock Purdy could be hurt, once again, by Kyle Shanahan, not by his own actions, but and there were times where Purdy uh, in the championship game against Detroit was dropping dimes in absolute difficult spots without any question. You got to see against Detroit the quarterback that you wanted to see in other games in the playoff run. In the second half. In the yeah. first half. It's yeah, and I, think that, and I think once again, the tape is out. I think that if you're Kansas City and you're Steve Spagnola, you looked at that first half against uh, Detroit and, and San Francisco. You looked at that first half and what Detroit was doing defensively, and I think that's going to be your that's going to be your baseline to try to figure out how to pin in San Francisco. So the first half might look a whole lot similar than it did uh, in the the NFC Championship game. How Purdy and Kyle Shanahan adjust, like I said. Kyle Shanahan that first half, Brock Purdy in that first half, you were getting nothing offensively. They adjusted in the second half. Kyle Shanahan is the guy that you're used to seeing, the, the confident guy who's not afraid to play call this, play call that. You know, Brock Purdy hitting targets and throwing into triple coverage, that kind of stuff. That Kyle Shanahan will give Brock Purdy the confidence that he needs in the Roman numeral classic. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, they've already got that kind of confidence. That, that's not something that they have to worry about. Which Kyle Shanahan shows up to help out Brock Purdy, and if Brock Purdy gets the confident Kyle Shanahan and not the first half Kyle Shanahan that we saw against Detroit, then it's going to be really, really tight. And that's why I say I think it comes down to special teams late if it's that tight game. Okay, that brings up the, the last point here. You know, Andy Reid, great coach and all that, and like we're winning. Yeah. But Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Going to uh, four out of five NFC Championship games, second Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. If he loses, does San Fran consider consider maybe a change? I don't think so. Uh, I think that if it's it once again, you're looking at. I know the fans will clamor for it, and you'll have tiki torches and pitchforks heading to the 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 field of jeans and going. You know, we need you know we need a new coach. Whatever. Uh, I think the answer to that is no. You, you'll have an upheaval to think about it, but you, what you may end up doing is having someone else calling the plays offensively so Kyle Shanahan can focus on being a head coach. I think that that might be the change if something like that happens. All right, so we come to that show, the part of the show. Give me a prediction, and then after you give me that prediction, I'm going to ask you, you know, you always like this question, who's going to be in Super Bowl 59? <laughs> so go ahead, give me the prediction for this Sunday Super Bowl Fifty Eight in Vegas between San Fran and Kansas City. I'll go thirty. Let's see. I'll go thirty twenty eight Kansas City on a late Harrison Butker field goal. I think they get to the fifty eight to match the fifty eight. You're going to be wrong like always. So it's San Fran winning. And do you know what Taylor Swift's uh, favorite number is? Uh, Thirteen. 
who were what's the jersey number on Brock Purdy? Yeah, okay. I see where you're going. All right. And and here's the here because you have juice boxes upon juice boxes. It's the Super Bowl. It's everything like that. Yep. Do you think Travis Kelsey proposes? No. Is there a better chance if Kansas City loses? Does he propose to get upstage? Stop. All right. No, I think they're going to do it on their own time, and it's perfectly fine. When if they do it in the summer, great. Which is what I've seen on page six which is that bastion of journalistic integrity out of the New York Post. Um, look, they're having fun. And everyone who is complaining about Taylor Swift's involvement in uh, you know, the, the National Football League really needs to, to grow up, frankly. It's, look, you have how many times in how many other sports have we seen celebrity girlfriend with professional athletes? A lot. Doesn't matter what sport it's in. I mean, you could talk about A-Rod. You could talk about Derek Jeter. You can talk about Christian McCaffrey. No one's talking about Christian McCaffrey and Olivia Culpo. I mean, that's another example of it. Uh, you know, but honestly, you have a successful, you have a successful young businesswoman. And she just so happened to be dating the star tied in for one of the teams playing in the last game of the year in the National Football League. Anyone who is complaining about this and sitting there saying, oh, it's fixed, it's this, it's that, needs to look at themselves in the mirror and figure out why they're really complaining about what's going on. Are they mad that you have a young, successful businesswoman that might be more successful than you? In, in your business endeavors, is that why you're complaining? You got to look at yourself in the mirror in these situations. Get over yourself in these situations and let them enjoy each other. It is a celebrity relationship. Oh, my God, this is happening for the first time. No, it's not happening for the first time. Look at yourself in the mirror. Let them enjoy it. Yes, it's a boon for the National Football League. And it's also a boon for Christian Juszczyk and everything that she's been able to do in building her business. She has done some amazing things. We don't see people yelling at Christian Juszczyk for cutting up jerseys and making puffer coats and, and finally getting a deal with the National Football League. The National Football League understood what Christian Juszczyk was doing for fashion and what she was doing for fashion, not just for women, but for men, bringing in an entirely new vision into what's going on when it comes to successful businesswomen. We don't hear people complaining about Christian Juszczyk. We hear people complaining about the, the girlfriend of the tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs. You should be doing neither. This is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, by the way, as you and I are talking. Yes, yes that's number one. And for those, uh, what John said is, and I, I'm getting a lot of emails about this, John, and you know what, I sent it to you and all that. Was I notified, since I'm the president of provinces of Canada, the mayor-elect of North America, soon to run for Bangladesh, the mayor of Bangladesh, Okay. was I noticed uh, notified do I allow Travis Kelsey to take my place since I'm running for, you know, mayor and all that? I'm very busy. Mm -hmm. And Travis showed me that he is a Swifty, <laughs> even though he scored a touchdown against my Buffalo Bills and shame on him. Mm -hmm. All right. I allowed it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and and all joking aside, all joking aside, yeah. Taylor Swift is a positive role model for everybody, especially the girl, like I have a daughter. Yeah. Especially the girls, especially Absolutely. the young ladies, always <laughs> smiling, always a positive attitude. 
and you don't hear anything bad about Taylor Swift. And for that matter, kudos to Travis Kelsey because there's it's a lot on Travis Kelsey because it Travis Kelsey is a star. Taylor Swift is a mega superstar mm-hmm. to, to have and to hold a mega superstar for that long while playing football, while playing in, you know, uh, championship games, while performing. Because, you know, when you get on the field, you could sing all you want, but he has to play. He has to catch the touchdown passes. And so far, they won Super Bowls, and they may win this week, but they won't. Brock Purdy, Mr. <laughs> Irrelevant, Eric, Eric Cohen, finally, finally gets the light what he deserves Hopefully he shines up that head. All right. So go ahead, John. Super Bowl 59, your master prediction. 58 of this, these you did. You haven't been right one time. So uh, are you going to be right in the 59th chance? I'm giving you year after year after year. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll go until, until further notice. I'll I'll go with uh, Kansas City making it through the West because uh, the 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 AFC. Um, I know you're going to look for Baltimore or somebody like that. Oh, no, Buffalo! What's wrong with it? I'm surprised you didn't pick your Superchargers with Harbaugh uh, there. No, that's not going to happen. Not by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he wants to live the life of Jim Rockford. That'd be fantastic if he did, but he needs to make sure he has the answering machine that has all the gags attached to it at the beginning of every football game. Uh, I'll go with Kansas City until proven otherwise. And then I'll go with Detroit. I think Detroit gets through it next year. The schedule will be tougher. They'll figure out how to keep a lot of the folks in house, and I think they'll get over the hump. I don't. It'll be half of a. It'll be half of the teams that we know heading into uh, what we're staring at with uh, the last games uh, of the season here in the National Football League. So uh, another question, a couple of final questions. You said the last game of the National Football League season. Mm-hmm. First game in the National Football League season, you know, happens on a Thursday. But this year, on a Friday, the Philadelphia Eagles yep. will be in Brazil to host, to be announced. What do you think of oh. Philadelphia going to Brazil? I think the fans are going to be in for a bit of a wake-up call. Um, it, it's going to be great for the league. But it will be a wake-up call for any Philadelphia fan that thinks that they can act like a Philadelphia fan in Brazil. They, they don't know what they're getting into when they when they get into Brazil. And all I'm going to say is, Philadelphia fan, you better be on your P's and Q's. Yes, ma'am. No, man. Yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you. Uh, and and uh, get out of there in one piece because you have not experienced fandom by any stretch of the imagination until you have been to a game in South America. All right, and uh, continuing on the football theme, uh, Atlanta getting a lot of games in World Cup 26, yeah. Toronto having a few games, Vancouver having a few games. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, I believe Atlanta has a semifinal game also. They right? do, yeah. So, with, uh, so is Jerry World, yeah. Yeah, well, let's not talk about that. But were you surprised, because everybody was talking about SoFi Stadium and all that, that the World Cup finale on July 20th and 19th in 2026 – is at MetLife Stadium. Uh, that's what FIFA wanted. I mean, you're you're in the the world center of capitalism, New York City. So the fact that you're in the Meta lands is, you know, that that's not necessarily a surprise. I thought it was going to go to Jerry World. I thought it was going to be semis, New York, Los Angeles, and the final in uh, in Arlington. But you know, I think that if you can combine. FIFA and the World Center of Business and, and Economy 
then you're going to do something like that. That that's their that's their dream. If you ask Johnny Infantino, that was his dream from absolute jump, and he got that. Uh, the the interesting element, you know, with uh, Jerry World is that they were going to bring in grass. They were going to elevate the field a good 12 feet, bring grass in, and they even had a a column to. Uh, breakdown for the media, what it was going to look like and how much further up it was going to look like the old Memorial Auditorium in Vanderbilt, where you, yeah. unless they tarped it off, where you'd yeah. have seats below the turf surface and it was going to be an interesting look. And I think that that might have swung things. And SoFi, in and of itself, uh, you know, in and as much as uh, Jerry World was going to undergo $300 million in renovations for a 1.3 double extra large facility to make it compatible and fit for. Uh, all of the games coming in 2026, you never saw that kind of uh, desire from Stan Kroenke about SoFi. So that's why I think SoFi is getting the early games with the U.S. men's national team, game one and game three in the group stage, and they didn't go into semifinal territory because of that, because the field is not big enough. And you saw no desire from Stan Kroenke and anybody associated with So first and foremost, how is it that if you are building a state-of-the-art stadium in Los Angeles, California, that you don't make it big enough for multi-purpose field. That was a massive – I'd love to know who it was that designed this, and Stan Kroenke signed off on it and was like, yeah, that's cool. They've had matches there, and the field isn't big enough. It's not wide enough. It's not spec. What you will have happen in 2026, you will have people wander over to SoFi who are from FIFA. They'll look at it and go, why, yes, it is regulation size and it's it'll be close oversight by los angeles is just astronomical and and i'll tell you this one around the boat because it's a super bowl show Mm -hmm. by 2026 Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be circling the wagons because the buffalo bills will finally will finally be a super bowl champion bill belichick will be the coach john Go ahead. Close it out. Look what we have there on the right corner there. Go ahead. All right. That's book number six, Noble Strong Lessons in Destiny. You can go and grab that at Amazon. Do either a Noble's Strong, plural, Noble's Strong Lessons in Destiny search, Noble Strong on Amazon, or do a John Nelson search right there. On Amazon, do the author search or the book search. The book search or the author search right there. OSG Nelson on the 280-character app. Uh, cute sports guy on the IG, the Insta, or the Gram, whatever the kids are calling it these days. And also on uh, the Facebook, there's 2024 John Nelson's. I put Freeman in the middle just to be different. That's the easiest way to get in touch. But yeah, right there, name, 280-character app, book six, Noble Strong, Lessons in Destiny. Pick it up on Amazon. All right, that's the Hall of Famer, John Freeman Nelson of OSG Sports in Atlanta. And he says Kansas City will beat San Fran and Super Bowl 58. If you watch Outside the Box lacrosse show, he's never wrong in his predictions. Thanks a lot, John. Anytime, my friend.